Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Ben Kiefer. This hour, we spend with the 2023 World Food Prize laureate Heidi Kuhn. Kuhn is a humanitarian and peace activist. She's been honored for her work spending more than 25 years restoring agriculture in former conflict zones. And uh, this is really a serious problem around the world. According to the U.N., around 60 million people in almost 70 countries and territories continue to live at risk of landmines. And this includes rural communities where farming is the main source of livelihood and income. In 1997, Kuhn founded the nonprofit Roots of Peace, its mission to replace the remnants of war with farmland. Roots of Peace also trains farmers in modern agricultural practices, from planting and harvesting to marketing through international exports. Kuhn accepts the prize as part of the annual Norman E. Borlaug National Symposium in Des Moines. Now, the announcement was made back in May, and uh, former Iowa governor, U.S. ambassador to China, and now president of the World Food Prize Foundation, Terry Branstad, announced this year's laureate. Uh, Let's go back to May 11th of this year with some of his remarks. Our 53rd laureate has built a model of work directly with farmers to restore farmland and food security after devastating conflict. Through this work, She has shown more than a million people living in war-torn regions a way forward to restoring peace and prosperity through agriculture. That was former Iowa Governor Terry Branstad, uh, now the World Food Prize Foundation uh, president, uh, back in May with this announcement. I spoke with Heidi Kuhn earlier this week and had the added bonus of having her husband, Gary Kuhn, in the studio as well. Heidi Kuhn, welcome to our program as the 2023 World Food Prize Laureate. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I am so humbled and honored to be here in Iowa and in the legacy and footsteps of Norman Borlaug, carrying forth peace through agriculture. And we're so happy to have your husband, Gary Kuhn, with us. Hi, Gary. Hey, how you doing? I- I'm glad you're on board because I understand this is really a family endeavor, and we'll get into that. Uh, but uh, so glad to have both of you in our studio uh, for this recorded conversation. Let's start off, Heidi, with you. Um, this is interesting. Uh, where were you back in May when you learned uh, that you had been awarded the World Food Prize for 2023? Oh, Ben, that's an incredible question. I was actually in the minefields of Azerbaijan. I was in Nagorno-Karabakh, and an area that used to be a vast grape-growing region was riddled with over one million landmines. And that uh, evening, when I heard the news, I had just come in from the field after detonating six anti-tank mines. 
And the irony of receiving this uh, incredible news, I was at the Alfred Nobel uh, private home where he, of course, uh, uh, not only the Nobel Peace Prize, but earlier with his brothers, had uh, made his wealth through oil uh, uh, in Azerbaijan, in Baku. So we were watching a video of the work that I was doing in the field. They had done an edited um, a segment for the president of the country, the leadership of Azerbaijan was there. It was a, a dinner party for about 100 people. And as the video uh, was going, they said they wanted to stop. They had something very important, and we switched live uh, to the World Food Prize, where my husband Gary and my son Tucker were in the room in Washington, D.C., and mm. lo and behold, I received uh, the announcement, you know, fresh in off the minefields of Azerbaijan. Couldn't have been a more powerful moment and, and really a serendipitous moment uh, because the, the World Food Prize is the Nobel Prize of food and agriculture. And I am so very humbled and honored to receive this award uh, in a world where there's an estimated 60 million landmines in 70 countries and counting. Yeah. Gary, as an integral part of this endeavor, uh, what was that moment like for you and uh, your your kids? Well, it was, it was wonderful. And we're there and um, uh, Ambassador Branstead, uh announced Heidi as the winner, and then he quickly singled out Heidi as uh, Tucker and I to stand up and, and uh, take a bow. Uh, there was a group of uh, Iowans, there were over 200 Iowans in the audience there. It was amazing, and they were very, very supportive, and uh, you know, so it was just a great start for this whole uh, venture. Yeah, Gary, it sounds like you may have learned of the award before Heidi, the recipient, did. We did. And so she was on the other side of the world at the time. So uh, it was all staged there. And uh, they they don't tell Heidi. (laughs) And Heidi came in on the Zoom. So it was wonderful. That was a nice. (laughs) And and this is Terry Branstead and and, um, uh, likes surprises, I think. Yeah. Heidi, was this a complete surprise to you uh, learning about it from halfway across the world? Absolute surprise. And Secretary of uh, Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and uh, for me, the most important people in the world were my husband and, and son, Tucker, uh, who who really have been the wind beneath my wings. My, uh, we have four children. And I started Roots of Peace in September of 1997, following the tragic death of Princess Diana, where I learned that we live in a world where where relatively a third of the land is contaminated by landmines, UXOs, and cluster munitions. And these seeds of destruction and hatred stay in the soil and soul long after the guns of war have silenced. And whether the bootstep of a soldier or the footstep of a child kicking a soccer ball out of bounds or a a farmer uh, bringing his plow, the cow that feeds the family their only source of milk, blowing up because it takes only eight pounds of pressure to detonate a landmine. Now, I come from a California ranching family, and uh, they were pioneers. This is a true American family story and a concept that was born in my heart, uh, September 21st, 1997, where um, I was asked to host a group of 
of uh, individuals who had just come actually from Diana's funeral. And and they uh, were advocating uh, the eradication of landmines. And the venue where they were supposed to speak was canceled. Uh, they asked me if I would host them at my home. And I just, uh, you know, when I saw Princess Diana walking across those fields, our two sons are relatively the same age. I didn't look at her as a princess. I looked at her as a mother. How could this mother be walking through the minefields of Angola and Bosnia-Herzegovina to go through such danger? And it really led me on a quest, on a journey for the past 26 years and the passion to unleash these insidious seeds of destruction from the one Mother Earth that we share and across all borders, regarding, uh, regardless of the faith in our heart, the uh, politics in our mind, uh, these landmines must be removed from the soil and soul in order for us as humanity to cultivate peace through agriculture. You uh, created Roots for Peace uh, to help eliminate landmines and, and support agricultural development in these post-conflict regions. It's really quite amazing how many uh, how many areas have been supported uh, in demining uh, with partners in Afghanistan, Angola, Vietnam, um, Iraq, Israel, Cambodia. Um, but but I understand it began for you in Croatia. Was that the very first? Uh, uh, moment, the first project, I guess I'll say? Yes, it was. Um, well, again, after that prophetic toast of may the world go from mines to vines, you know, you had to take it out of your home and into the greater world. And that really is the story where it begins, because as a mother of four small children, they were two, ten, twelve, and fourteen at the time, uh, to, to, to leave a comfortable setting of a home in Marin County, California, and do this be for the sake of children around the world who suffer, and farmers. Again, I come from a rancher's family. My dad milked the cows before he walked to work uh, to school as a young boy. So so it's a different California than uh, most people have the, the perspective. But I think anyone who is a farmer and rancher here in Iowa understands the, the beauty of the earth, the ability to work the earth, which is, you know, which feeds us. And I went to the Napa Valley, uh, to the Napa Valley Vintners, and knocked on their door with a simple idea of turning mines to vines. Robert Mandavi, who was one of the legends of the vine, opened the door and and hosted our first event where I raised $30,000, was matched by the U.S. Department of State. And in January of 2000, I walked my first minefield in Croatia. And uh, it was the first month, as I say, of the new millennium, and many of my friends were going off to exotic places. I am a cancer survivor. I had cancer when I was 30, when I had a one, three, and five-year-old. And I think anyone who goes under the knife makes a silent prayer with their maker. And mine was, dear God, grant me the gift of life, and I will do something special with it. Well, mm. when I heard of landmines, I believe that cancer is a landmine. None of us know when we're going to step on it. And landmines are a cancer to the earth. And my journey and my promise made for the gift of life was to walk the earth on a quest to eradicate landmines from the face of this earth so that the land may be renewed and that peace could be planted through agriculture. Another very prominent vintner in Napa Valley, Miyenko Gurkic, Gurkic Hills Wine, 
was born in Croatia. And when I told him that in January, there were an estimated 1.2 million landmines in his beloved homeland, he went with me in May 2000, along with my 13-year-old daughter. I wanted her to see the sense of privilege that she had growing up in America and as a rite of passage in her teenage years to, to have the compassion and understanding for to whom much has been given, much is expected. And again, to see something beyond anything I could, could turn on the television set or, or, or read in the New York Times, Washington Post, to see the, the, the hardships of farmers and, and holding children who've lost legs and arms and lives to these seeds of hatred. So, Heidi, we have to take a break. I'd love to hear the rest of your story of how this started, specifically in Croatia, when we come back. Uh, We're talking this hour with the 2023 World Food Prize laureate, Heidi Kuhn. Uh, Gary, her husband, is in the studio as well. We'll be back in just a moment with more of River to River from IPR News. Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Support for IPR comes from Patrick Furry Law, a business law firm offering technology agreements, intellectual property law, privacy law, and more. Proudly supporting quality local journalism. Online at patrickfurrylaw.com. Back with more of River to River from IPR News, I'm Ben Kiefer. We have Heidi Kuhn with us today. She is the 2023 World Food Prize Laureate. Also in the studio, Gary Kuhn, her husband. And we're learning that this has really uh, been a family endeavor here. Such important work to remove landmines from almost uh, 70 countries. Uh, She's been active with the nonprofit Roots of Peace in so many different countries, uh, Iraq, the Palestinian areas, Vietnam, Azerbaijan, Cambodia, Croatia, Angola, Afghanistan, Heidi, uh, we're back now. Let's have you pick up with uh, more or less the beginning of this, because you were going to tell us a a few more details about uh, the initial project in Croatia. Please do. Yes, yes. Well, again, uh, after making the prophetic toast, may the world go from mines to vines, I went to the Napa Valley. I went to the vintners who cultivated the earth and celebrate the harvest in California. Robert Mondavi hosted our first fundraiser. We raised $30,000, which when you have worked in the basement of your home for pennies for peace, this was the currency of the heart to turn an idea Mm. into reality. When I walked my first minefield, I came back in May of 2000 and met Mienko Gurgic, born in Croatia, only to learn that his beloved homeland had an estimated 1.2 million landmines. When we walked the minefields of Dragalic together, we made a vow and a commitment to eradicate these landmines from Croatia. We went on to Vukovar, Ilak, Cestamale, Cestavelica, Bastica, And we removed these mines, but we realized at that moment that something had to replace it because the farmers had lost the knowledge of how to work the land due to the legacy of war. When the guns have silenced, the mines have been in there, but once they're removed, we had to reintroduce the viticulture and how to grow these um, beautiful seeds of, of hope. 
From Croatia today, I have witnessed a country going from 1.2 million landmines to one of the top tourist destinations in the world. So peace is possible. But after 9-11, our eyes turned to the vineyards of Afghanistan, where 70 varietals of grapes once flourished. Now that is where my husband Gary came in, a prominent businessman, 10 years IBM experience. He went with a little startup called Adobe Systems and did Acrobat because they had a long way to fall. I remember, never forget when they came up with the name, it was a tightrope, but he was a businessman (laughs) seeing me work for toiling in the basement of our family home for five years. And one day came home and said, I've done well, now I want to do good. And he helped take it from the finance in a shoebox onto the world stage where we have managed over 200 million in contracts with USDA, DOD, European Union, Asian Development Bank, and the longest running program with USAID. That's the cue for you, Gary. I want to know when when you brought your business expertise mm-hmm. to this challenge, what were the issues that you saw that needed to be improved? How, how did you work at this initially? Yeah, well, it's, it's a really good question because in Croatia, we learned something about clearing mines. Uh, Heidi was, you know, over a 10-year period, we're working to clear village by village uh, all around the country from the Dalmatian coast all the way to the Danube River. And then we would go back and we were stunned. There was an awkward moment. When we got there, we had donors with us. We're going to the village where we had cleared the orchards and the vineyards. And the orchards and vineyards looked the same as they were before the landmines were still there. And we realized that you cannot just clear the mines. These are battle lines. And the people there have little hope on their future. And clearing the mines makes it safe, but it doesn't really get them moving forward in returning to what's any kind of sense of normalcy. And so we decided then that, okay, we're going to lock in the results that we want. We're going to rebuild the hope of the villagers. So we planned in Afghanistan, we go in and we learned about where the battle lines were, which basically was everywhere along the roads. There was major battle lines in the Shamali north of Kabul. But then we also looked at it and said, how how are you going to help them after we clear the mines? The, the mines were in the irrigation canals. They were in the vineyards. And so when the, my first trip to Afghanistan, I took uh, the head of the International Programs Office from UC Davis, another land-grant school, and said, we're going to go to Afghanistan, and, and you're going to help me tell, understand what we could do to help there. And, and we went out there together. They were a little paranoid about going into a war zone, but... Uh, we got over that, and what we learned is, is that there's incredible agriculture in the country, and it's very, very similar to California. So so th- their knowledge was crucial, and we learned that we could go in and double and triple yields fairly quickly. We could introduce new technologies fairly quickly and improve their situations dramatically. The, the farmers there, the rural farmers there, were mostly living in poverty, and what we planned out is that we could take out hundreds of thousands of people from poverty, lift them up to honest, you know, good returns, good wages, good living. And so that started, and we started with pilots and went through the process. We had extension agents who would go out and work with the farmers. We introduced trellising for grapes, which, which is kind of like a, a wire fence for grape vines to grow up on. And it's a standard in, in California and also all around the world. But Afghanistan had been fighting since 1978, and trellises 
really came into widespread use during that time. So we reintroduced trellising. We had to twist a lot of arms. The farmers would do it. They were resistant to change. They didn't know who Roots of Peace was. The first year when they saw the yields on their vines jump twice, 107% improvement, uh, then we immediately had farmers lining up. And and over the, the 20 years we worked at Afghanistan, we have done that same approach. Show them how to do the, the new technologies, show them how to get to the markets, and then how to grow crops that'll meet those market demands. And in, in 10 year, 20 years, we've planted over 7 million fruit trees and, and vines there. Uh, huge. We're talking, working with you know, millions of people to impact their lives and take them out of poverty. So that, after the vine clearance that we have been doing there to clear the irrigation canals and the vineyards and orchards, then our replanting efforts came in. And we still have 300 employees in the country still implementing this change. Wow. If you've just joined us, I want to uh, remind uh, our listeners that uh, we're talking today. Well, you just heard Gary Kuhn. He's the husband of Heidi Kuhn, the 2023 World Food Prize laureate. Um, Heidi and Gary with us uh, for the hour. Heidi, a humanitarian and peace activist, founder of the nonprofit Roots for Peace, a humanitarian organization dedicated, as we've been hearing, to the removal of landmines. But not only that, the subsequent replanting and rebuilding of war-torn uh, regions. Heidi, I would like to get into uh, some more specifics about this serious issue around the world. Um, we threw out some numbers earlier in the program. Give us some more data, because so many of our listeners are fortunate enough not to live in um, areas that uh, are plagued by mines. How serious mm-hmm. is this problem? What is the magnitude of uh, these places that you say it's a cancer on our earth. Uh, How big is the cancer? How widespread is the cancer? Well, I can say having worked turning mines to vines, replacing minefields with vineyards and orchards worldwide for the past quarter of a century, I can tragically say that, that it's only getting worse. We've witnessed the war in Ukraine. Ukraine is considered the breadbasket of Europe. It feeds North Africa with the wheat And 30% of Ukraine today is contaminated by landmines, UXOs, and cluster munitions. It holds the land hostage from the seeds that we were were given to grow. I mean, the, the, the earth that we've been given to shepherd, we have violated it by planting 60 million landmines in 70 countries. And, and the mines and clustering munitions are continuing to be dropped. Now, long after the guns of war have silenced, for instance, we work in Vietnam. In the 1970s, when the Vietnam War ended on April 30th, 1975, since then, over 100,000 innocent footsteps of Vietnamese have been either maimed or killed by the explosive remnants of war left behind. In Quang Tri province, where we've been actively working for over a decade, we partnered with MAG, the Mines Advisory Group, to eradicate these mines, but again, most importantly, train the farmers to grow the high-value crops. And in the case of Vietnam, the best black pepper in the world comes from this region. 
the late harvest, the, the beautiful uh, black pepper. It, it's peppers of fruit. And when you bite into the juicy nectar of this fruit, you can definitely taste the difference. It, it really is an opportunity to give the world a taste of peace. But you go over to, to Laos and you see 80% of the land where the cluster munitions were bombed you know, disposed of after the Vietnam War ended, these innocent footsteps of children and farmers, uh, children yet to be born, will suffer the perils of losing, again, a life or limb to these seeds of destruction left Mm. in the one earth that we share. These numbers are just appalling. And, you know, Roots of Peace has gone in multiple parts of the world. As I say with Afghanistan, Afghanistan is a country 80% dependent upon agriculture for jobs. It was one considered the garden of Central Asia. And Roots of Peace, through our agricultural model for replanting, in 2014, agricultural exports were estimated about $240 million, and Roots of Peace took it to $1.4 billion. How did we do this? We, We took the Afghan traders down to Gulf Food, the largest food exhibit in the world in Dubai. And because the buyers from India, these major supermarkets, were, of course, too afraid for security reasons to go to Kabul, we brought the traders down to these markets in, in Mumbai and, 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 again, Delhi and Dubai. And it was just so beautiful to see these contracts. And and when farmers have jobs, when they have the dignity to walk their land without fear of losing their life or their limb or their children to these landmines, they have hope. And we are literally leading uh, with a shovel and, and not the gun, turning swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, so that nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, mm. this week, when I received the World Food Prize, this is a week that uh, I think we've all seen the escalation of war in the Holy Land. And, and I, I pray and I hope in all faiths that we may fall to our knees as humanity to see how we have lost our moral compass. The earth forgives us as we remove a landmine and plant a tree, a beautiful tree of life. That fruit will grow and feed future generations. It will, it will create healthy minds for children and nutrition and build healthy bodies. But furthermore, when that tree is planted, it will create climate-smart agriculture, and the carbon sequestration will help heal the earth and, and bring forth the balance of nature and restore the lungs of Mother Earth so that we can bring again to balance our one earth that we share. And I think this is the time in history, uh, the coincidence of, of receiving this incredibly prestigious and Honorable Norman Borlaug-inspired World Food yeah. Prize. It's it's a moment in time and a call to action. Certainly not a an award to put on a shelf, but one that is really a beacon and a call for peace, peace mm. through agriculture. Heidi Kuhn is the 2023 World Food Prize uh, laureate. I wanted to t- talk about some more of the specifics, and I think, uh, Gary, this may involve you, too, because I, I understand that um, when you go into a new country that's been you know, polluted with landmines, these very dangerous mines, walk us through, the two of you, if you could, the initial assessment, how you make that assessment, 
what needs to be done, uh, and then uh, identifying the opportunities for farmers, and then working with partners to clear those mines. Well, let's use Ukraine as an example because we're actually thinking about this right now. Uh, Heidi and I and our son Tucker uh, will be traveling to Ukraine to do this very thing. And, you know, so we've we've got to go out as close as we can to the front lines uh, to understand really what is the situation on the ground. You, you can't do this remotely. Uh, but we have been paying attention to what's going on. We see feeds every morning on, on the battles. But we really have to understand the progress of the war to understand where the landmines were placed and then also the problem of UXOs. UXOs are unexploded ordnance. So every time you shoot a missile or an artillery round, a certain percentage of those are not going to detonate. The detonation failed, but the bomb itself is still very explosive. And so that's probably the biggest problem for farmers throughout Ukraine. That's where the biggest contamination is going to be. So the, probably the western third of, I'm sorry, the eastern third of the country now is contaminated with UXO throughout the country. Yeah. When you get there, what will be your method? What will you do first and then second? What are the steps you'll be looking to do? Because you have experience in this in other countries, right, and I assume right. uh, clearing mines, demining, is different from country to country, right? Yeah. So the first step is, is linking up with the mine clearance organizations. Uh, mine Actions Group and Halo Trust and Tetra Tech are there now. And so we'd be working you know, with them. These organizations are made up of ex military people. And so they're already designing, you know, defining maps of where the minefields are, uh, where the UXO contamination is. So they're an incredible source of finding out what is the current situation. So that's the first step. Heidi would also be linking us in with the the ministry. You want want to talk about that? Well, and Ben, what we Uh announced this week on Wednesday uh, at the fireside chat when I gave the keynote speech Uh We announced our Roots of Peace Ukraine Demine, Replant, Rebuild Alliance. And this alliance, uh, under the umbrella of Roots of Peace, is a partnership with MAG, the Mines Advisory Group, Tetratech, which has just been given $42 million by the U.S. Department of State, Office of Political Military Affairs, Weapons Removal and Abatement, uh, Rotary, EU Crane. We have partnered with the Vintners in Mykolaiv, which is a prominent grape-growing region. Now, not only can they harvest their grapes during this uh, harvest season, you know, n- nature doesn't wait for peace treaties to be signed. This is the harvest season around the world, and, and the land is held hostage for the farmers to access. So as we go into our initial program, uh, partnering with Rotary EU Crane, we will use the experts who are training the local people with jobs professionally training the Ukrainians to be professional deminers. And on Wednesday, as as you know, we brought the three women deminers from Vietnam to do a demonstration on the stage of the World Food Prize to show how dangerous, how painstaking, how inch by inch you have to comb the land to eradicate, again, these seeds of, of hatred sown beneath the soil, lurking for the footstep of a farmer or a child. And uh, we're very proud to be starting this program. 
uh, in October. I mean, this is this is harvest season, and uh, yeah. we'll be rolling out there with the demining uh, equipment and then uh, gearing up for the spring planting season. So we have to take a short break. We'll be right back with the conclusion of our conversation with Heidi Kuhn, the 2023 World Food Prize laureate, and uh, her husband, uh, Gary. It's River to River from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from Patrick Furry Law, a business law firm offering technology agreements, intellectual property law, privacy law, and more. Proudly supporting quality local journalism. Online at patrickfurrylaw.com. We're back with more River to River from IPR News. I'm Ben Kiefer. Today, we have the 2023 World Food Prize laureate, Heidi Kuhn with us, her husband, Gary Kuhn. Uh, they were honored uh, this week, uh, uh, founder of Roots of Peace. That's an organization, a nonprofit dedicated to the removal of landmines and replanting and rebuilding uh, of the many regions in the world that are torn by war. I want to pick up with where we left off before the break, talking about Ukraine, such a a huge task ahead of that. But Gary, you were going to talk about, as we walk through the steps of demining and putting land back into agricultural use, where did you want to take us? Well, when we go in and look at what we're going to do after the mine clearance is done, and it's it's going to take a long time, so the word done is probably stretched over 20 years, is... How can you take the farmers there and move them to something that's better than what they had before? Just It's not enough just to say, okay, the mines are out of the ground, you can go about your business. And this place has been devastated. They've lost friends and family. Uh, they've amputations of, you know, of the people. It's just So you have to take them to something further. So we look for how can we improve their situation. And we're not looking for 5%, 10% improvements. We're looking for double and triple kind of things. And so... We'll go into an area and we'll look at what's possible to, to be done in that area. And it's not just agriculture, but in, in this, most cases, it is agriculture because that's out in the rural areas, which, which you have. And, you know, so we look at what can we do? They're growing wheat right now there. What other crops can they grow? What Can they grow other annual crops? Can they grow vegetables? Can they grow perennial crops? And we look at this from the standpoint of a businessman, looking at what would be the net income for these farmers if they changed over to some other crop. And if they did change, how do they do that? How would we get thousands of people to migrate over to a new, new crop? Or also, how do they take what they're doing and do it a lot better? How do we go in there and say, okay, let's all switch over to no-till uh, agriculture here. One of the benefits of war, which is probably a weird statement, but is that you're in a position where you can make large change happen to thousands of farmers. To move lots, you know, thousands of farmers without a wartime situation, it's very difficult. It takes a very long time to move them over. Uh, farmers are kind of risk-adverse in general. But in a situation where you're trying to come in and fix and help large areas of uh, rural land, you have that ability going in with something different. So we look and what can you, you know, are they, how are they doing their crops? So we would take specialists with us on this trip so they could look at, at the fields and see what, how they're doing it. How would we, you know, could they be doing something better with their that crop or are there other alternative crops that grow there? You know, and I, I'm kind of a serial business development person here. So I look at it just driving <laughs> yeah. up from Des Moines to, to uh, Ames today. I was looking at there and saying, you guys need more trees here. You've got a lot of wind. Uh, you could actually figure out some, you know, lumber situation where you grow trees for lumber and then 
and you're getting windbreaks at the same time. Uh, but you know, this, that's just a quick idea. But that's <laughs> kind of what we're doing is looking at how can you, how, what else can they do? Because farmers in general are going to do what their father did. They're going to grow the yeah. same crop their father did. Uh, I wonder, I want to jump in here because you've now done this in so many different countries and the daunting task of, of Ukraine has started and, and will continue. Um, when you talk about connecting with farmers, when you connect with farmers, what are the lessons learned there? I'm just imagining, you know, farmers whose land has been decimated by these landmines who have not been able to farm for years. There must be quite a moment when they recognize through uh, what uh, they they recognize that there is hope that this land can return uh, to produce crops. Yeah, well, I, you know, and that is the joy of of, of my job is really go- and keeps me going back to these war torn lands because over time you see these beautiful uh, flourishing grapes, uh, you know, in the Shamali Plains north of Kabul and children eating. Now we are still in Afghanistan. We have not stopped working there as an American NGO since two thousand two, and and the the last year and a half has been. So so daunting and challenging, yet we have planted an additional 1.5 million fruit trees. And furthermore, even though the current regime, the Taliban, the de facto authority, uh, has uh, Christmas Eve, they, they uh, announced that they were forbidding uh, women to work for international NGOs. But because of the trust that we have earned on the ground, uh, we have managed to to provide workarounds. And since February 2023, we have trained 5,000 Afghan women. Now, working within the confines of the, the extreme restrictions, we are bringing um, uh, kitchen gardens inside of the walls of, of these homes, again, in a country with 97% unemployment. We're bringing baby chickens in. The chickens grow up. They, they lay eggs. That's protein for the children. The fathers bring the eggs out to market, sell it. And, 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 and it, you know, it, it's a sustainable survival. And, and the appreciation that they have that, that again, whether or not we, we won the war, uh, the, the, the legacy, what America has left behind, I can proudly say, are those, those sustainable fruit trees that will continue to feed future generations. Now, last week in October, we had the, heard the news of the devastating earthquakes in Harat, where the farmers were harvesting the saffron, their livelihoods, uh, before the harsh winter. And one of the women actually got on the phone to thank us. And I thought, my mm. gosh, what, what would you be thanking us for? She said, you know, we had five children and, and one of our daughters, my husband came home and said, we have to sell her. We have to sell her because the rest of our family will starve. Well, the mother was connected to Roots of Peace, and we hired her to start a pickle processing company, again, within the confines of the walls, where women must work inside uh, with the strict, strict laws of the Taliban. Uh, but she was able to feed her family, and she said to me, I didn't have to sell my 10-year-old daughter. 
Thank you so much for the job. And you hear stories like that, and that's what keeps me going back to these minefields and, and, and seeing the joy and appreciation amidst the, the greatest of challenges, natural disaster and, and just the heartfelt um, right. stories. And we started our conversation by you mentioning how you were inspired by um, Princess Diana and, uh, you know, the, the way her life ended in tragedy, but then also the image of her walking through uh, landmined fields uh, there, too. And you asked the question, like, what would make a mother do that? And now it occurs to me, Heidi, you you know the answer to that, right? It takes eight pounds to detonate a landmine, and that's the average weight of a newborn child. And as we see the devastation in the Holy Land where Roots of Peace has worked, a little boy named Daniel Yuval lost his leg to a landmine playing in the Golan. The snow had covered the sign that said warning landmines, and it blew off his right leg. Somehow he heard there was a mother in the world who cared. I went to his bedside, and and when he recovered a few months later on a prosthesis, um, asked me to help him make a landmine-free world. We went to the Knesset. We lobbied for the first-ever humanitarian demining law, which unanimously passed, and our first program, funded by Shirley and Paul Dean of Spiritera Vineyards in Napa Valley, we were able to demine the fields of Bethlehem, four miles from where Jesus Christ was born, in a Muslim village named Husan and governed by Israel. I insisted that the deminers be both both Israeli and Palestinian. And together, those landmines were removed from the ground, which had killed eight children, and and the joy of those olive trees planted on the former war-torn lands is a beacon of hope. Now, the devastation that we're witnessing, unspeakable ghastly seeds of war and hatred coming from the sky, my hope in receiving the World Food Prize is from the ground up, May, may we plant roots of peace gardens all over the world and see peace emerging from the bottom up, not the top down. And this speaking to the young people here at Iowa State University and, and the educators at the World Food Prize, uh, we need to redefine the word peace. And the root word of peace is ACE, Agriculture, Community, and Education. Let's put the word ace back into the word peace and show the world how peace, cultivating peace through agriculture is a business model for peace and may ignite the economics of peace in a war-torn world. We have the final few minutes uh, we're spending with Heidi Kuhn, um, the 2023 World Food Prize laureate. Uh, Gary Kuhn, her husband, who's been integral to this, uh, also with her in our Ames studio. I wanted to to ask, uh, the World Food Prize comes with a $250,000 prize money. Uh, What are your plans for the money? I'm holding that up as, uh, as, um, and asking the world to match it and match it and match it again so that we can uh, go into Ukraine and really take on the vision. My goal here is, is not small. I have called forth the eradication of landmines from the face of this earth and to bring forth the 18th Sustainable Development Goal, the eradication of landmines, for the other 17 SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, cannot be accomplished in a minefield. We need to think 
bold. We need to take action for peace on earth. And the best way that I have known and seen, having walked the minefields of the world, is is the dignity and the hope it gives to farmers to get down on our knees, regardless of the color of our hand, the faith in our heart, or the politics in our mind, but to replenish that with love seeds of hope, seeds of, 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 of vitality, and again, renew the face of the Mother Earth we were given to shepherd. Mm-hmm. And Gary, where do you see Roots of Peace going in the uh, years to come from your vantage point? Well, it's, it's, Heidi is the emotional heart of Roots of Peace, and I'm the pragmatic person to, to march <laughs> ahead. And I'm really, Ukraine is, is kind of on scope. Uh, we're working in Guatemala also, We've already completed the kind of the economic analysis there, and we've started our, our pilot projects there to implement uh, actions that are going to lift up these these farmers from poverty and not want to go uh, to America. I mean, the, Guatemala is a wonderful place, and and they just need an economic opportunity. And I think we could build those right in their own country. In Ukraine, it's I see the same thing. And when you, we come in with outside eyes. And to look at what they're doing, we're in a position where we could look broader than what, what these farmers have been doing and looking at change for them. And so I really look forward to doing that analysis and seeing what is the best plan forward going for for these farmers. And uh, and, and really, that's that's really where we can make change. And that's what excites me about at Roots of Peace is when we do things, it actually impacts lots of people in a very, very strong way. These are not minor changes we're doubling and tripling people's income and making their homes safe. I mean, that's a pretty big task there. Yeah. We have so many dreadful things in our news uh, worldwide these days, and it's such a joy to talk with the two of you, Heidi and Gary. I wonder if we could end this conversation with uh, a moment, perhaps an image from one or both of you uh, about what propels you forward, what inspires you, perhaps an experience you've had that, that highlights that positive change can happen with action. I'll give you a quick one here. Uh, it's when we brought in new technology to the farmers in Afghanistan, uh, there was one farmer, he was, he was an amputee uh, from below the knee, and so he had a prosthetic. We convinced him to, to uh, trellis his vineyards. And when, when you trellis vineyards, you, you cut maybe 10, 12 canes off the vine, and you leave two. And they're trying to figure out how you're going to get more grapes out of two vines instead of you know, 12. And so he trained those up on, onto the trellises, and, and it works. It, you get dramatically more grapes. This farmer was running down, up and down his, his vineyard, showing us every single vine that he had <laughs> that was trellised, that he was so happy. And he said, we want to, and he only did two rows of, the, of his vineyard. He said, I want to do these right now. Let's do all the rest of the vineyard right now. <laughs> and, and it was just, this guy was just huge smile. He's our poster child. I mean, and, uh, so that, that's, that was fun. You know, farmers don't yeah. smile all the time. You ask them how it's going. They don't really say, well, it hasn't rained much, you know. So it's, these guys were beaming. You know, that's what oh. keeps me going. And I guess my best story is when I walked my first minefield uh, in the first month of the new millennium in January 2000, I saw things I could never believe. Uh, Children who were tethered to poles. And I asked the parents, I was aghast. I said, you know, it was like a a macabre um, maypole. 
And I said, why, why are they tethered to poles and playing and laughing? Uh, they said, Mrs. Kuhn, their backyard is a minefield. If we don't tether our children to poles, they will lose a life or a limb. So we raised the money. We demined that field. I came back two years later with my daughter, Kylie, and uh, we went into the same home. They had bread from the wheat fields in the back. They had beautiful um, uh, apple pie and, and rolled out the beautiful wine that they had done from turning mines to vines. And it was a celebration. These children ran through that forbidden uh, field and picked fresh flowers for us. And, and when I see that, um, that gives me a taste of peace. That inspires me to keep going back till I get every single landmine. No child deserves to be born into this world where we are continuing to bomb to, to sow seeds of hatred into the soil and soul. And, and I truly believe from the heart of America, from the soils of Iowa, that we may bring heartland to families and farmers living all over the world. And if I have a hope in 20 years from now to go back to Vietnam or the Vietnam War to find my generation and to truly see peace and love and to be able to, again, picnic on those fields with my grandchildren and for them to know that their grandparents once upon a time came to a beautiful place called Iowa and the world changed. Oh, that's a wonderful place to end this conversation. Thank you so much. Heidi Kuhn, 2023 World Food Prize Laureate. Gary Kuhn, thanks for stopping by our studio. Roots of Peace, an organization, a nonprofit dedicated to the removal of landmines and replanting, rebuilding war-torn regions all around the world. Heidi, congratulations. Heidi and Gary, thank you for coming <laughs> into our studio. Thank you so much. And we're so proud all four of our children were able to stand on that stage with us, along with my four-month-old granddaughter. And uh, <laughs> may we wage peace on earth and, and truly turn minds to vines worldwide. Thank you, Ben, so much. It's been an honor and privilege to be here. And I just cannot thank the Iowa friends uh, for so warmly welcoming me to the homeland of my country, America. River to River today, produced by Samantha McIntosh and Danny Deer. Our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. I'm Ben Kiefer. Thanks for joining us.